MSW Media. Big shout out today to Helix Sleep. Take their two-minute sleep quiz and they'll match you to a mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash dailybeans and use code HELIXPARTNER20. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Tuesday, February 6th, 2024. Today, Donald Trump is floating ousting RNC chair Ronna Romney McDaniel after brutal losses in 2023. Speaker Johnson says the bipartisan border bill will be dead on arrival in the House hours before the Border Patrol Union endorses it. Former Nancy Mace staffers call her a delusional joke. And President Biden denounces the House Republican efforts to impeach Alejandro Mayorkas. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Hey, Dana. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday to you. Did you watch the Grammys? I know you did because we were texting about <laughs> Tracy Chapman. <laughs> we were bawling our eyes out. Oh, my oh. God. What an incredible night for women. What an incredible night for her, for Joni Mitchell, Taylor Swift. Like, everybody, it was incredible. What an incredible a, Grammys that a was. A lot of LGBTQ representation, but i am tell you what, Tracy Chapman hasn't performed publicly in decades, and... Her face is so magical, her eyes and the depth and her smile and the connectivity between those two artists on stage. I know a lot of people were like, I can't believe he got to re-record that song and blah, blah, blah. He wouldn't have been able to do anything without her permission. Right. It was a beautiful moment on stage between two people that may never have otherwise crossed paths in this world. And it was stunning. Yeah. And just the whole idea that that song means different things to different people speaks volumes to the the talent of Tracy Chapman for being able to write it. Yes. That's just incredible. Yeah. She's amazing. At the moment, and we talked about this, the moment the camera showed her hands on the guitar, I, br- I broke out in tears. <laughs> uh, yeah. I couldn't hold it together either. Uh, that song came out when I was like 14, 15 years yeah. old. Uh, and it meant a lot to me, uh, just you know, reaching across all of those divides. And that's the kind of yeah. that's the kind of stuff where we find our humanity, we find our similarities, um, and you know, where we meet in the middle. Yeah. It's beautiful, so so good. And by the way, if you watch the Grammys and you're mad at Taylor Swift because of what happened on stage with Celine Dion, you are overreacting. Taylor was in a moment. She had just won something she didn't think she was going to win. We have no idea what she said to Celine Dion. And they took several photos backstage, embraced with each other. And Celine Dion hasn't left the house in months. We have no idea if people are even allowed to go that close to her. Well, that, like, they we are no idea That's what the her, stipulations were. It's in her rider. She has yes. like distancing uh, requirements in her rider for when she's on stage. Yeah. Um, you know, so... Yeah, like everybody just wants to find ways to tear people down and be a dick. And I agree. it's it's like shut the fuck up and let people like have incredible moments and yeah. and be successful. Why why does everybody want to gatekeep everybody? It's not, you know, like we talk about equal rights, it's not pie. Ever there's room for everyone. Yeah. I in, agree. Uh, it's mm, so I I'll loved say- it. 
Yes. Last thing I'll say before we move on is that Trevor Noah did an outstanding job as host. I think it's a hot, it's a sweet spot for him. It is a tough room. That is a massive arena with a group of people that he is not technically a part of their industry. He is a comedian. Granted, I think he's been, you know, nominated for Grammys, if not one for his comedy albums. He he held that audience and his jokes were well-written. I loved watching him. I, I also am a big fan of his anyway, so. That's it. Yes, 100%. Very well done. Very good show. Um, you know, and I I don't usually watch the because first of all, I'm old, right? I'm like, I don't know anybody. Uh, but but also like award shows are, you know, uh, it can it can be hit or miss as we as, as we've seen recently. Yep. Um, and with other award shows, but this was just really well done, well produced. I loved it. I loved every minute of it. So well done, whoever does all that. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, I, I wish there were people we could like thank. I, there's just so many people behind the scenes that put that together. Yeah. Uh, but congratulations to everyone who won. Uh, thank you very much for your amazing talent. And again, Tracy Chapman, OMG. Just OMG fantastic. indeed. All right. So it's Tuesday. Is today the day we get the immunity ruling from the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals? I don't know because we record this on Mondays, but (laughs) you'll know tomorrow if it comes out. (laughs) Uh, Time travel. All right. uh, We have a lot of news to get to today. So let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. First up from the Hill, as we mentioned briefly yesterday and promised we would go into more detail today, former President Trump said in a Sunday interview he expected to see, quote, some changes at the Republican National Committee, the RNC, when asked about its chair, Ronna Romney McDaniel. Sunday Morning Features is the name of the show, anchored by Maria Barat- Bar- Bartiromo. Bartiromo. You can tell how much I watch that show. Yeah. Uh, she, she asked Trump in an interview in Florida about Democrats having outraised Republicans, to which Trump responded, I have a lot of money. <laughs> no, no, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. You actually don't have any money. You spent $50 million of your donor's money on legal bills. <laughs> yeah, and you have about $83.3 million less dollars, fewer, excuse me, fewer dollars than you did before. Quote, and the money that they get, people are not looking at the RNC. They want they want changes. I, what does he even mean? I can't Any even word salad. Him. It always has been. I, you, I, you have to understand. I have nothing to do with the RNC. I don't. I'm separate, Trump said. Again, one of those things where nobody asked you if you were separate, and that's probably because he was the one who told the RNC to declare him the winner so that he could oppose the RNC memo declaring him the winner and say the people should, the people should decide. Just so, again, coming out saying, I'm separate. I'm not part of them. What do you do? Did you hear I was part of it? Like, it's just ridiculous. (laughs) When Bartiromo asked Trump how Ronna McDaniel was doing, he responded, I think she did great when she ran Michigan for me. I, what? What? I, maybe sh- she was his campaign manager for Michigan. Maybe. Uh, I think she did okay initially in the RNC, he said. I would say right now there will probably be some changes made. Like, <laughs> like are you going to get rid of her or are you going to tell her to get highlights? Like, what, what do you mean changes <laughs> made? So this isn't the first time McDaniels come under criticism from a GOP presidential hopeful. During the third GOP presidential primary debate, then-candidate Vivek Ramaswamy publicly called on McDaniel to resign, pointing to the party's recent election losses. Just a week later, he launched a petition to oust her from her post as RNC chair. Quote, we've become a party of losers. At the end of the day, it's a cancer to the Republican establishment. 
I speak the truth. I mean, since Ronna McDaniel took over as chairwoman of the RNC in 2017, we lost 2018, 2020, 2022. No red wave. That never came. We got trounced last night in 2023. <laughs> That's what Ramaswamy <laughs> said at a debate podium. Really good uh, pitch in there for the Republican Party. Quote, and I think that we have to have accountability in our party. Yeah, I have to agree for once with Mitch McConnell on this. You have a candidate quality problem. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what's going on. For the nobody, the fucking a wizard from the Lord of the Rings could not do enough magic and cast enough spells to make the Republican Party do well with the candidates that they run. Quote, for that matter, Rana, if you want to come on stage tonight, you want to look the GOP voters in the eye and tell them you resign, I'll turn over, I'll yield my time to you, Ramaswamy continued. Now, McDaniel successfully fought off an effort to oust her from her post last year, winning her fourth term as chair against challenges from California attorney Harmeet Dillon and my pillow guys, Mike Lindell, Mike Lindell, Mr. Lumpy himself. So again, <laughs> not just candidate problems. Uh, for the people running for office, but candidate problems for the people who want to chair the RNC. When you when you have to pick between no oh, Rana, Harmeet Dillon, and the Pillow Guy, I mean, mm, let's talk about it. But you know, there's a big past problem that nobody really talks about with RNC finance chairs. There was Steve Wynn who got ousted for his sexual misconduct. Elliot Broidy, who got ousted because he paid $1.2 million to somebody to get an abortion and keep quiet about it. Uh, and he was under federal criminal investigation and indicted, but he was eventually pardoned. And of course, we have Michael Cohen. We know what ended up happening to him around that time. So they don't have a real, those were finance chairs, though, for the RNC, but they don't have a real track record of not just candidates for the election, but for people running the RNC. The article goes on to say, since then, she has again come under criticism from the RNC's finances for them and for her leadership. Last month, she faced criticism after saying on Fox News that the Republican Party should unite around Trump, who said she was the, who, who she said was the likely nominee well before he secured enough delegates to even be the presumptive nominee. Quote, I'm looking at the math and the path going forward, and I don't see it for Nikki Haley. That's what she told Fox News' Brett Beyer and Martha McCollum in late January. I think she's run a great campaign, but I don't think there's a message that's coming out from the, uh, from the voters, which is very clear. What? I don't understand what she says either. We need to unite around an eventual nominee, which is going to be Donald Trump, and we need to make sure we beat Joe Biden. That's what she added. So she could be on her way out. I don't know. Who's going to replace her? Fucking, I don't know. Uh, the Monopoly guy? Like, who do you... <laughs> he would actually probably do a better job with the money. All right, AG, thank you so much. Now, one of the authors of the bipartisan Senate border bill, that's Chris Murphy, he actually released some of the text from this bill. And uh, included in this, it says it funds Ukraine, Israel, and humanitarian relief. It also secures our border and reforms our asylum law. Okay, so that's two of the things in there. First, it would be easy to just keep immigration and border policy as a political cudgel uh, for another 40 years. That's what, what we're saying here. But politics at its best is about finding bipartisan compromise on the toughest issues. That's what we've done here. Here's a snapshot of what's in the bill. Again, this is from Chris Murphy. Now, a quicker, fairer asylum process, that's what they're going for. No more 10-year wait. Claims processed in a non-detained, non-adversarial uh, way within six months. 
That's another change there. A highly, excuse me, a slightly higher asylum screening standard at the border. Also, no more waiting for work permits. Most asylum seekers can work immediately. A brand new right to legal representation for all immigrants. Remember when Trump denied lawyers to victims of Muslim ban? You remember that? Never again. That's not going to happen. And the first ever government paid for lawyers for young unaccompanied minors. This is a big one. A longstanding injustice that has been righted in this bill. Uh, Another one of the tweets that came through about information on the border, a requirement that the president to funnel asylum claims to land ports of entry when more than 5,000 people cross a day. Uh, The border never closes, but claims must be processed at the ports. Uh, He said this allows for more for more and more orderly, humane asylum processing system. But important checks on that power. It's also important. It can only be used for a limited number of days per year. It sunsets in three years. Emergency cases that show up in between the ports still need to be accepted. The ports must process a minimum of 1,400 claims a day. Um, He says you can't reduce arrivals at the border without allowing for more legal immigration. So more visas. That's what that means. 50,000 extra employment and family reunification visas each year for the next five years. Uh, brand new visa category to allow non-citizens to visit family in the U.S. Uh, clarification of how humanitarian parole is used at the land borders, but no changes to the president's ability to bring in vetted, sponsored migrants through the program known as CNHV, which is Cuba, Nicaragua, Haiti, Venezuela parole. Uh, it has a new pathway to citizenships for Afghan parolees. And this is the Afghan Adjustment Act. And the children of H-1B holders, these are the kids that are often currently subject to deportation when they become 21 years old. That's a very important part. The bill helps to fix the border and reform our broken asylum system, but it doesn't deviate from our nation's core values, he said. We are a nation that uh, rescues people from terror and violence. We are a nation that is stronger because our tradition of immigration. Period. End of story. Speaker Johnson, House Majority Leader Steve Scalise, Majority Whip Tom Emmer, and Republican Conference Chair Elise Stefanik, who we despise, all said within minutes of the release of this bill, and I quote, any consideration of this Senate bill in its current form is a waste of time. It is dead on arrival in the House. We encourage the U.S. Senate to reject it, end quote. Well, Speaker Johnson told Kristen Welker, on NBC that he was not included, by the way, in the negotiations that we have since learned he was invited and he refused to go. Perhaps he was monitoring his son's porn usage. Yeah. I mean, who among us isn't busy with that? (laughs) Can't get to the negotiations. I have to... I know there are some good things in this bill. So it is really unfortunate that the House is probably going to stonewall this. Stonewall? Is that the right word? Yep. Um, yeah, it's just really unfortunate. And I hope this bites them in the ass because they need they need to they they can protect the borders. They could fix this fucking problem. They're not doing it. We, we well, know it. Thing. We know it. They demanded it. And now they're like, no, never mind. Yeah, of course. They demanded this. Uh, so, and, and President Biden called their bluff. OK, I'll give you a, a bill. And now they're like, no, never mind. It's, it's because they need the problem. If they don't have the problem, they don't have a, a thing, anything to run on. Yeah. Um, and this is in a related story from Politico. The Senate's bipartisan border security deal, wobbling early on its way to the 60 votes it needs to advance later this week, picked up two big public supporters on Monday. The first, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. 
who has long championed the border talks as a means to unlock stalled Ukraine aid that he made a top priority. While McConnell's border backing of the negotiations was no secret, his public call to pass the deal on the Senate floor marked a critical use of his political capital, even as many of his own conservative members slammed the agreement. Quote, the national security legislation we're preparing to take up will invest heavily in the capabilities and capacity America and our allies need to regain the upper hand over this emerging axis of authoritarians. Make no mistake, the gauntlet has been thrown and America needs to pick it up. That's what McConnell said on Monday. Wow. The second, yeah, I know, right? Like, who the hell are you? Yeah, every once in a while, every once in a while, but then he flip-flops. Yeah, he sure does. The second endorsement of the border deal came from the union that represents the Border Patrol agents. The rare labor group that's known for its ties to former President Trump, who has urged Republicans to reject the Senate agreement, they are now endorsing it. Despite its Trump ties, the National Border Patrol Council endorsed the Senate deal in a Monday statement, saying the bill would, quote, codify into law authorities that U.S. Border Patrol agents never had in the past. The, uh, the deal that's formally called the Border Act, uh, the product of, again, months-long talks between Senators James Lankford, Chris Murphy, and Kirsten Cinema, is expected to face a pivotal test vote on Wednesday. Quote, while not perfect, the Border Patrol Act of 2024 is a step in the right direction and is far better than the status quo. That's the statement from the Border Patrol Union. Wow. And President Biden just said of Johnson's clean bill to fund Israel, because now, you know, Johnson's like, we're not going to do this. We're not going to do uh, Israel, Ukraine, Indo-Pacific, Gaza, uh, humanitarian aid and border. We're not going to do it. I'm just going to put to get put forward a clean bill to fund only Israel. And President Biden just said of that clean bill that he would veto it because yeah. it fails to fund Gaza and humanitarian aid. It fails to fund Ukraine. It fails to fund protection of synagogues, which is in this deal. And it fails to address the border. So the standalone Israel aid package would be vetoed if it passed both houses of Congress. And and President Biden has come out to say that you can't fund Israel without also, you know, getting humanitarian aid to Gaza and also Ukraine, Indo-Pacific border, etc. Good. Thank you, A.G. All right. Last in this segment, this is from Reese Gorman at The Daily Beast. As of Monday, according to three sources familiar with the matter, Rep. Nancy Mace's entire D.C. staff has turned over since November 1st of 2023. That's like three months. That's nine staffers in the span of just a few short months with all but one of those employees leaving on their own accord. The lone exception to those eight staffers who left Mace's office on their own accord is now former Chief of Staff Dan Hanlon, who was fired on December 1st. Hanlon has subsequently filed to run against Mace in her South Carolina district. That's fabulous. As for the rest of her former staff, they all quit. They were done. That includes her Deputy Chief of Staff, Richard Chowkey, her Legislative Director, Randall Meyer, Communications Director, Will Hampson, Financial Advisor, Staff Assistant, two Legislative Assistants, and her Military Legislative Assistant. And from what the departed staffers told the Daily Beast, there was good reason to leave. Good reason to leave. Former Mesa's employees described a toxic work environment. But in response to questions about the dramatic turnover, Mesa's new chief of staff, uh, who's Lori Katod, uh, Katod, presented the complete turnover as, and I quote, a non-issue. Nah, Nothing no to see here. Nothing to see here. She said, new coach, new team in the D.C. office. That was the text message. 
Yep. New coach. Did they get rid of Nancy Mace? I don't know. I sure <laughs> or is she the coach? Yeah. No. Former staffers who spoke with the Daily Beast on the condition of anonymity. However, they told a very different story. And I quote, the member was abusive. This is when one former uh, senior staff told the Daily Beast, specifically pointing to the frequency with which Mace would communicate with her staff, either over text, Signal, or Monday.com is what it's called. That's an unauthorized software, by the way, system that Mace uses in her office. This former staffer said Mace uses the software to, and I quote, micromanage the office all day and into the night and early morning. And it's called Monday.com? Sure is. (laughs) Somebody's got a case of the Mondays. Yeah. This person also said it was constant. Another senior staffer recalled how Mace called them close to midnight on Christmas Eve and demanded to know why she wasn't getting on TV more during the holiday weekend. She sounds like a pill. And I quote, if she needed us, we had to answer within eight minutes. This is from another staffer clarifying that the eight minute time frame was actually a rule. Mm. And quote, Nancy is delusional as a boss. (laughs) That's from the former (laughs) staffer. They went on to say she says nothing publicly without her consultants or senior staffers telling her to, but takes credit for everything. She's a walking teleprompter. Mm. Yep, the former staffer added that Mace has no idea what it actually means to be a member of Congress and is too scared and self-conscious to deal with other people, so she accomplished nothing, end quote. (laughs) Yep, another one. We've got another ex-employee that said, all this is why pretty much every staffer and fellow member of the Hill thinks she's a joke. Also a big reason why she's only able to hire former George Santos staffers right now. (laughs) Ouch. <laughs> By the way, Mace actually recently hired Santos's former communications director to serve her office in that role, AG. Mm. Yeah. So more broadly, these staffers described Mace's office as grueling and thankless. She created a demoralizing environment for staff, as one of her other former senior employees put it. Multiple former employees specifically complained about Mace's propensity to ensure everyone was working all the time, even on Good Friday. This is what one of them said when some staff just wanted to take an hour off to go to mass in the late afternoon. We just want to go see Jesus and Mace wouldn't let him. Mace wouldn't have it. This is what two former senior staffers said. By the way, the house was adjourned at the time. Okay, so they weren't working. Um, This is another quote from Mace. It was all about control. One of the previously mentioned staffers said she didn't see the staff as people, just property. A more recent demoralizing incident was when the new chief of staff, uh, Katad, tried to send the D.C. employees home early one day in early December uh, for the staff that hung back. They were treated to a bizarre show. It turns out that Katad had called the Capitol Police on Hanlon who had just been fired days before, okay? So he's calling the police on him. Politico, which first wrote on the incident, reported that Hanlon had been in the office earlier to return his keys, but it wasn't clear to those staffers who talked to the Daily Beast whether Hanlon was actually on Capitol Hill at the time of the call. When Katad came back to the office and realized not all the staff had left as she instructed, she didn't hide her displeasure, according to two sources familiar with the matter, Now, staffers had no idea why Katad had called Capitol Police on Hanlon. It could have been over Hanlon taking an office popcorn machine on his way out. (laughs) Hanlon, if you took an office popcorn machine, good for you. But actually, that there's an office popcorn machine. Well, apparently, there's a lot of drama, so this makes sense. We had one. We had one at the comedy store. Like, (laughs) oh my God. 
<laughs> well, that one does make sense. There's more quotes that are just bananas from the story. Here's one. At that moment, I felt the most unsafe I ever had in the Hill when I realized she was using the Capitol Police to intimidate staff. This is from one witness to the event. That's what they told the, da the Daily Beast about this whole police being called on the popcorn thief. <laughs> now, the incident, <laughs> the incident quickly spread within the office and left many other staffers feeling rattled and uncomfortable. This is from sources. It was that moment which cemented in some of their minds that, all of them are going to quit. Now, this, of course, isn't the first time Mace has faced criticism from ex-employees. One of her former staffers, who previously served as her communications director, has been on a crusade to detail Mace's self-serving ways. And one woman who ran into Mace in the airport recently reportedly overheard her screaming at a staff member, telling this person to clean up press reports that her office was toxic. So she's screaming at someone to take care of the rumors that it might be a toxic work environment. <laughs> that's the best. Well, no wonder they, they needed a popcorn I machine. Know, that's what I'm saying. I just have this meme of Jon Stewart leaning back in his chair yep. like, keep it going. Yep. While Mesa's new office can dispute her former staff's characterizations of the work culture, what the congresswoman can't dispute is the numbers. Professor Casey Burgat, the Legislative Affairs Program Director at George Washington University, told the Daily Beast that, and I quote, disproportionately high turnover signals that staff are incredibly unhappy, you think? I'm sorry. Do you need to be a program director at George Washington University to know that? Uh, no. <laughs> hey, uh, so, uh, Mace... Uh, a May staff handbook, okay, there's a staff handbook previously obtained by the Daily Beast. It, this handbook details how her staff was required to book her on a national TV outlet between one and three times per day, and how each staffer had to come up with draft tweets for the congresswoman. So they were also tweeting for her. According to the handbook, Mace also held her staff to the standard of passing 10 bills on the House floor every year, which would be an incredible clip, by the way, for a backbench member, and file. 25 new bills. That, that's what the, in this handbook. Now, during her three years in office, AG, Mace has had one bill signed into law. One bill. And that was a measure renaming a post office on Hilton Head Island. That's what I, I she was going to ask if it was a big, important bill. Huge. <laughs> Huge. Hey, hey, maybe that, it, you know, I'm not saying renaming a post office isn't important, but um, okay. Wow. Nancy Mace. Cool, yeah. bro. I want to now I want to look I want to read more about the popcorn machine incident <laughs> <laughs> the great popcorn caper of 2023 oh so good ah thank you for that story all right everybody we have a lot of good news we have to get to but we need to take a quick break so stick around we'll be right back after these messages we'll be right back hey everybody it's AG if you're fighting sleep issues like I used to Helix Sleep is your solution Helix Sleep designs tailor-made mattresses aligned with your unique sleep needs. Difficulties in both falling and remaining asleep haunted me every night, as you know. I thought it was because I was stressed out or the anxiety of having, you know, Donald Trump in the White House. But as it turns out, I was sleeping on a mattress that was not designed just for me. And that's when Helix Sleep came to the rescue. Just go to helixsleep.com slash dailybeans, take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match it to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. And you'll get 20% off all mattress orders plus two free pillows. 
Now, upon taking the Helix quiz, I was matched, as you know, with the Helix Midnight. It's perfectly suited for my preferences for medium firm support and sleeping on my side. This mattress aligns flawlessly with my requirements, ensuring that every night's sleep is just as great as the one before. It's easy to find out which mattress is the one you've been waiting for, and you don't have to be demanding like Nancy Mace. You can just let it happen with the Helix Sleep Quiz. They have 20 different mattresses fitting everyone from little ones to the big and tall sleepers. This includes the award-winning Lux Collection, plus the newly released Helix Elite Collection, taking sleep to the next level. You also have a 100-night in-home trial to make sure your mattress is the right one for you. Plus, there's a 10- or 15-year warranty, so you can trust it will be around for a very long time. You'll never have to set foot in a weird mattress store again. Go take the quiz and order your own ideal mattress so you can experience the perfect night's sleep just like I do. Right now, Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash dailybeans and use code HELIXPARTNER20. This is their best offer. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Good news, everyone. Then good news, everyone. Good news, good news. And if you have any good news, confessions, corrections, you want to play uh, What the Mutt, Cat Me If You Can, What the Hell Is In That Shell, What's the Model of Your Oxalotl, Opine on the Bovine, What the Heck Wine, What the Fark Is In Your Ark, anything at all, send it to us. Um, if you have a thesis titles or dissertation titles or incredible stories about student debt forgiveness or your great anecdotes about visiting the VA health system, I want to hear about those as well. And I know uh, Dana loves baby pictures, as I do, do I. I do. Mm-hmm. You can send in self-shoutouts, shout-outs to a loved one, shout-out to a small business in your area. Uh, and if you don't have pod pet tax to pay, you can send us an adoptable pet in your area. We see if we can help get that little baby adopted and find its forever home or lizard home. I know there are pets that don't have fur. Sans fur pet home. Thank you so much. Send it all to dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. All right. First up. From Anonymous, pronouns he and him. My wife and I welcomed our second child recently. Oh, Dana. Oh, which led to the scariest night of my life oh boy. as he took a turn for the worse and was rushed to the NICU oh. after a week of dad sleeping in his NICU room with mom unable to visit because of her own medical complications. Everyone got to come home. Mom is doing great. Baby still needs follow-ups from cardiology, pulmonology, nephrology, endocrinology, phrenology, astrology, and probably something else I'm forgetting. (laughs) (laughs) But we're pretty sure it's all okay now and that he is perfect. A special shout out to all the doctors and nurses, especially the nurses, aides, and others who work in the NICU. We receive not just excellent care, but genuine compassion from everyone there. Look, look at that at sweet the baby cheeks on this baby. I want to smush them with my little fingers. Oh, <gasps> I hope all of these follow-ups go really, really well. And this is a thriving child. Look at the sweet, sweet, sweetheart. Congratulations. Little. Congratulations. And I'm so glad that everyone is home. Me too. All right, AG, what a wonderful start to this. Okay, this is from Rebecca, pronouns she and her. I'm sure you've already gotten all of the information you need about Kid Rock's hometown, Romeo, Michigan, but I want to add my two cents anyway. Rebecca, we have more. We have not. Here we go. Romeo (laughs) is in Macomb, I hope. 
uh, Macomb, Macomb, Macomb County. We're about to get a correction on this story. Romeo is in Macomb County, a very conservative county. You know, you've entered into Macomb County because you see a lot more Trump supporters, conservative stickers on cars, uh, trucks. And my personal favorite said with sarcasm, the lower mitten holding the gun. I will include a picture so you know what I'm talking about. The city itself is beautiful. It's a small downtown with old brick architecture, lovely churches, incredible Victorians from the 1800s, and a lot of art sculptures and murals. It's clean, well-maintained, and has some great shops. Romeo draws a lot of crowds during Halloween to see terror on Tilson Street. Most of the houses on Tilson decorate for Halloween on a scale that is unheard of, each house with their own theme. I'll include some pictures of that, too. But uh, but don't let the quaint town fool you. This is Trump country. And that is quite a mitten-holding uh, military-grade raffle. Okay, look at these Halloween pictures, though. Yeah, wow. are, that's amazing. Fantastic. Kudos. Yep, that's, that's Kid Rock's hometown. He says he comes from, you know, tough, tough living. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. <laughs> I think that's him in the Halloween decoration. That might actually be suit. Kid Rock. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Uh, but thank you. No, send in your send in your information about Romeo in Macomb County. I want to hear more about the, the tough streets. Uh, please send it to us. Next up from Jim, pronouns he and him. Oh, this doggo. My dog, Flit, almost got a new housemate on Sunday. Well, not really, but my wife and Flit came across a something doodle on their walk in the woods today. She wasn't wearing a collar and was happy to stay with them. Flit and Grace, all uncoordinated young dogs are named Grace, they played. Uh, we took her to the Humane Society and they checked to see if she was chipped, which she wasn't. They had no space for her, but a neighbor said he would foster or adopt her. We drove her down uh, our road to see if anyone else knew who she belonged to, which nobody did. After about four hours, um, we visited the high school, I guess. They called and told us that the owner, oh, the Humane Society. I'm like, HS, what's that? <laughs> Go, Allison. Uh, it's one of those days. Um, after we visited the Humane Society, they called and told us that the owner called them and asked if she'd been found. Uh, they gave up ownership of the dog. Oh. So our neighbor is adopting her. So they just gave it up. Here's a photo of the new renamed Birdie. The second photo is our good girl, Flit. You've seen Flit before and even tried to guess some of the 22 breeds that make up her super mutt. Uh, on a day rating scale, Sunday was a five-star day. So I just need to tell you when I was scanning through these good news, because I try and look for words I don't know, I thought that was a lamb. <laughs> I know, right? Because I didn't like have my glasses on. It's a it beautiful little dog. Adorable. Congratulations on finding Birdie a home. Well Absolutely. done, Absolutely. Okay, this one's from Anonymous, pronouns she and her. Hello, Beans team. After listening to that poor soul have to deal with these nonstop texts, I figured I'd share my retaliation tactics. My ah. general go is to reply with... Message not received. The AT&T number you're trying to contact has been disconnected. Reply stop to opt out of marketing messages. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I only use this when I get spam from the same number, and I only send it when I can immediately send it back so it looks like an automated message. Otherwise, it still looks like an active number if you message new junk text back or take too long to respond with an 
automated message. You can use any cell service company you'd like in the message, but I usually throw an AT&T because I like trolling them. And I toss in stop in case they respond so I know it worked. My other go-to, if I'm feeling spicy as the first attempt didn't work, is sending pictures of roosters. If it's a human on the other side, they usually does the trick. I don't say anything else, just nonstop unsolicited cockpicks. (laughs) They sometimes stop that as well. Stop after that as well. Again, I only use these tactics when I have gotten multiple texts from the same number that won't leave me alone and it won't let me opt out. So I don't look like an active number to the one off spam messages. Good luck. And here's some cock porn for you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for the chicken porn. I appreciate it. Now we accept not just frog orgies, but chicken orgies as well. Apparently. (laughs) I love that. You know, I, I, when, you know, when you have like a, a pretty big Facebook account, um, back when I was doing comedy and, you know, you're adding people who are friend requesting you, you think they're like fans of your comedy or whatever, but then every once in a while, it'll be like some weird bot who'll be like, hello, hello. Like they'll send you a private message. Hello, you're cute. Hello, hello. (laughs) And I can't tell if it's an actual person or not. I would just respond with, hello, this is Allison Gill's booking and entertainment manager. If you would like to book Allison Gill, you can go to allisongill.com. You know, like, uh, like yeah. uh, I was some sort of form message that, that I was so big. You know, I was so huge and famous that I had a, a booking manager running my social media site. It was pretty, I love that. Pretty effective. Um, and then you get to see who's, who, who's a troll and who's not. Of course. Um, So very good idea. I like that. Uh, All right. That is our good news segment. If you have any good news or anything you want to send to us at all, please do so at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. Uh, Do you have, you know, we're supposed to have this massive storm today. We got a couple of sprinkles so far, but that's it. So fingers crossed that we don't get crazy flooded down here like y'all are up in LA. I hope not, but I just saw a video just recently in San Diego of massive flooding. So I don't know if there's other stuff going on in different parts of your city or if it's an old video, but just be careful, please. Absolutely. I've got my uh, sandbags up and we're trying to direct the flow of, you know, because sometimes that stuff comes washing down on the on its way down the hill. So hopefully we'll be good. Um, and everybody else, I hope you take care too. Do you have any uh, final thoughts before we get out of here, my friend? Not today. All right, everybody. We'll be back in your ears tomorrow. Hopefully we'll have that goddamn immunity decision. Come on. We can talk about, yeah, like, come on. Mama needs a new pair of, I don't know, uh, what? What do I need a new pair of, Dana? <laughs> Mama, Mama, oh, did you hear that music that popped in? Oh, nice. <laughs> We're dancing, as soon as, you said, as soon as you said, what does Mama need? That's what happened. My phone started playing that. <laughs> How come my robots in my house didn't do anything? I'm, no, I'm, they're fun. fired. I'm going to be the Nancy Mace of my robots. <laughs> All right, everyone. <laughs> we'll be back in your ears tomorrow. Please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Take care of your family. And vote blue over Q. And please take all that family with you. I've been AG. And I've been DG. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for the Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. M-S-W-Media. 
Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis's first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA as a first-time lawyer, I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler... How much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary... They were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry. We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said, show me in a courtroom how we were at war. Expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is Lawyers, Guns, and Money. So you have a man in Armani suit standing in the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch. You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th. Or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now.